This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with you. It's just me right now. Zach is having some technical difficulties. He's going to be on here shortly, hopefully, <laughs> if his technology cooperates with him. Um, but we're going to go over the Thursday night football preview between the Cardinals and the Saints tonight. Uh, we're also going to go over quarterback rankings, going to go over running back rankings. Um, so we're going to get right into it. A couple guys who's, who are back in practice, Jonathan Taylor, back in practice. That's a great sign. I think he got a limited in. Uh, DeAndre Swift got a limited in as well. Amara St. Brown, great news there. He's He had a full practice on Wednesday, so that's a great sign for him. Yeah, so I think that those are like the major ones. Naheem Hines, he's getting a limited practice in as well. So like if Jonathan Taylor were to miss again, I don't think he will. Naheem Hines is probably going to be involved. Deion Jackson, by the way, that quad strain doesn't seem to be an issue. So I wouldn't worry about that. He practiced in full yesterday, but still, you know, if Naheem Hines is playing, I would expect him to eat into that workload if Jonathan Taylor were to play um, or, or were to miss, actually. Want to go with Thursday night's game? A lot of starters in tonight's game, right? Yeah, Kyler Murray, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, Eno Benjamin. You know, assuming Connor is out, you know, I would play Eno Benjamin like as a solid RB two. James Connor like they're listing him as a game time decision, so I doubt that he plays. Uh, keep an eye on that. If Connor plays, I think he's like a low end RB two for me, maybe. I won't assume that he gets all the work if he does play tonight. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, I have Benjamin as a solid RB2 if Connor does miss. Uh, Zach Ertz, he's a solid start at tight end. Uh, Rondell Moore, solid PPR wide receiver three tonight. Uh, on the same side, you know, you got Kamara. We'll get into Kamara a little bit later, but he's obviously in your lineup. We're going over the running back ranking, so I'll talk about Kamara in a bit. Uh, but he's obviously in your lineup, and he's been getting some serious work over the past two games specifically. Um, let's see. Uh, who else? You know, Andy Dalton. It looks like he's going to get the start. That the Saints actually haven't named their starting quarterback, but Jameis Winston is not on the injury report, so keep that in mind. But beat reporters are saying that it's looking like it's going to be Andy Dalton, who, by the way, has a chance to win this job. Um, so it, it is possible that that happens. Um, and if it does, like if you're in a superflex league, two quarterback league, it's it's, it's, it's probably worth picking up Andy Dalton because once he gets his weapons back. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, he might be a pretty good Q, QB2 for you, right? Keep that in mind. Now, let's see. Uh, who else? Uh, Chris Olave is going to be in your lineup. He's a solid wide receiver, too, this week. Uh, he's out of the concussion protocol. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry have already been ruled out, so he's going to get the targets. Um, and this matchup isn't too bad. Um, you know, the Cardinals have been pretty good taking away number one wide receivers. Um, but I think he could still get his. There's nobody on this team who shadows necessarily. Um, they do move their corners around a bit, uh, but no one corner really follows these wide receivers around, um, at least, you know, so far this season. Um, so, so that's what we got so far. Now, you know, just real quick, I, I did want to show you guys, um, there, there were like a couple of, we haven't been doing great. We haven't been doing great on these uh, on these pickums lately, um, you know, on these on these underdog pickums over the past like two weeks. Hopefully, you guys have more luck than I had. Like we were on a hot streak, right, coming into like week five, I think it was, and then week five and week six, uh, especially the Thursday night games, have been brutal. I've been doing okay, a little bit more than fifty percent uh, on, on these other, you know, a little bit more than fifty percent on the Sunday slates. That's been that's been fine. 
for the most part. But there are a couple of, you know, reception props that I like in this game. Like, for example, DeAndre Hopkins over five and a half. That one's okay. I'm not super into that one. But Rondell Moore over five receptions, I like. Zach Ertz over five receptions, I like. Those are the couple ones that I like. So maybe you, you can combine that uh, with Alvin Kamara. I think Alvin Kamara's one is only at four receptions. So I do like that one as well. So those three are the main ones that I like in this game. You know, Chris Olave, 62 and a half receiving yards. I'm okay taking the over there. DeAndre Hopkins re- reception line. Let's see what that is at right now. That was at 64 and a half receiving yards. I like that one more personally. But I like Hopkins receiving over uh, over the 64 and a half yards. But anyway, uh, if you use code upper hand, like it says on the screen here, you will double your first deposit on underdog up to $100. Make sure you take advantage of that promo code upper hand. Make sure you go ahead and use that uh, tonight for tonight's game. Okay, moving forward. We got these quarterback rankings up here. Lamar Jackson, I have him here at number one, uh, despite them having three down weeks. Zach actually spoke about Lamar Jackson. Zach, are you good? Zach, Zach, looks like Zach's back. Zach is good. Yeah, Zach is back, baby. Let's go. Let's go. That's what I'm talking on? about, Can you hear me? Zach. I hear you. You're looking awesome. good, sounding yeah. good. That's what I'm talking about. Even <laughs> yeah. I had technical difficulties. Mike got kicked out the stream. Something's going on today with stream. Yeah, I don't know what it's something about it. Uh, anyway, listen, I just appreciate Just in time, everybody. sounds like. I hear Lamar. <laughs> just in time. Just in time. I talked about Thursday Night Football. You missed all the underdog stuff, but that's fine. That's cool. Yeah. And, you know, I appreciate everybody being patient with us, you know, while we get, get going. Okay. So, Zach, I was just saying that you spoke about Lamar Jackson yesterday, right? You know, maybe inquiring yes. on, my, on Lamar Jackson a bit to see what's up, right? Because he had those three down weeks. I still have him ranked here at number one. Rashad Bateman returned to practice on Wednesday. You know, good sign for him to return this week. Uh, Jalen Hurts is on a bye, right? So there's no other quarterback that is in this tier as of right now. Right, I think that's completely fair. And you're right, I was talking about, you know, sending a heat check. I personally wouldn't, you know, expect him to be on the block. You know, I think people understand his upside. But, um... I think a heat check is warranted with the way he's been playing the past three weeks. You mentioned that he is a QB one through the first three weeks. And then the last three weeks, he is still a fantasy QB one, but he's on the border. He's a QB 12. So I I like Lamar definitely in this matchup against Cleveland. Cleveland has been a shoddy defense at best this season so far. I think this would be a nice spot for Lamar to get back on track. If the trend continues, if the trend would, if this is truly a trend, you know, it's a three game by three game, um system that we're working with he should be good um again this week that has nothing to do with any type of stats but that's the way it's been trending it looks like i, I think lamar has a good chance to get back on track i think he's the number one quarterback this week yeah i got patrick mahomes at number two the 49ers are already out emmanuel mosley for the year right uh Chavarius ward has a groin injury i don't think he's gonna play uh jimmy ward right. might play but then he has that club on his hand right because he has a broken <laughs> hand and They'll likely get Nick Bosa back. He did practice yesterday, so that's a good sign for him. Keep an eye on that. He can still miss, but he's back at practice, probably playing this week. Um, I think this is going to be a relatively high-scoring game, um, and I think Mahomes is going to be able to do his thing. You know, 49ers defense is good, but they're just missing some key pieces, and I think Mahomes is going to be able to take advantage. Yeah, absolutely. We just saw the Falcons tear apart the Niners defense, which was one of the bigger surprises to me. I know they're banged up, but that was just like, that kind of caught me off guard. So Patrick Mahomes going in and um, they've been playing really well. They lost to the Bills obviously last week, but who isn't going to lose to the Bills? Who isn't liable to lose to the Bills? I don't hold that against them. Um, Good spot for Patrick Mahomes to just keep doing what he's been doing. I wouldn't be surprised if he's throwing more multi, if it's another multi-touchdown game for Travis Kelsey through the year, because that, that he's been Mahomes' favorite target. And I think that you know, San Francisco is working through, going through some things right now <laughs> with the injuries. Sure. They're going For, through it. So I think Patrick Mahomes is good, number two. 100%. Uh, I got Justin Herbert at three, uh, the highest I've had him this year. The Chargers had the highest implied total for the week this week. Uh, he gets Keenan Allen back, and the Seahawks can potentially put up some points on them too. So I think Herbert is set up this week pretty nicely. Yeah, I like this one to kind of be a shootout. I know we talk about any Seahawks game being a shootout now. We kind of didn't get that last week with Arizona, who I thought could actually take advantage of Seahawks defense. It really didn't. But I think Justin Herbert's going to make him pay a little bit more than Kyler Murray did. Um, I think Herbert's a better arm talent. And Keenan Allen's coming back. The offense should be back to firing on on all cylinders. Um, I I like Justin Herbert at three. I think this would be the time where he can capture that upside. He can return to that form that we're expecting him to be at um, heading into the season. I think so. I think so. Keenan Allen coming back. Good matchup. I think it could happen. 
Um, I got Joe Burrow at four. Atlanta's given up the eighth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, every quarterback besides Jacoby Brissett has gone over 19 fantasy points in regular, you know, four point touchdown passing scoring against them this year. So, you know, uh, you know, I think he should have a good day. Uh, he should also have his weapons at, you know, more kind of full strength this week. T. Higgins actually practiced on a Wednesday, uh, which is a oh, great good. sign. He hasn't yeah. practiced on a Wednesday for several <laughs> weeks now. Uh, so it looks like he's feeling better uh, as, as far as that ankle goes. Yeah, I, I like Joe Burrow here at four. You know, I'm looking at all these matchups now. It's like, this could be a really good week for fantasy it could quarterbacks. Be. It could be know? some high-scoring high week. Yeah. I, I think so. But, you know, with Joe Burrow, I do like Joe Burrow now here too because, like you said, that nobody scored less than 19 points besides Jacoby Brissett. And Joe Burrow has been quietly getting it done the whole season. He's actually been a very solid fantasy quarterback. And we saw the upside that we liked, you know, last week with Jamar Chase kind of coming back out and showing us what he can do, you know. So I, I think this is another good spot um, for the Bengals and Joe Burrow overall. Um, Atlanta's been a quietly good offense too, so there might be some fireworks in this one. I, I wouldn't put it past um, Atlanta because they're actually decent in the ground game and their offensive line, like we said, is much better. So this matchup didn't look very good on paper coming in and coming into the season, but they've actually kind of trended towards the mean in both directions. You know, the Bengals are a little bit um, up until last week, they were trending down a little bit and the Falcons are trending up. I think this is actually a quality matchup. You know, I didn't think yeah. it was going to be heading into the season. Uh, I'm with you, man. And I, I expect this to be a high scoring game. Yeah. Um, I have, Dak Prescott at six, your boy. Uh, he's making his return this week, and he's doing it against the Detroit defense, giving up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. He has CD, he has Gallup, and the offense, I think, should receive a little bit of a lift in his return. I think so, absolutely. You know, this is the matchup you want coming off of an injury, you know, against Detroit. Um, Detroit is coming off the bye week, so they might have made a couple adjustments. They might not look like the bad scoring defense that they've been all season. But, you know, there's a chance that that could be uh, the case. I do like Dak Prescott in this offense. You know, it seems like the offense does better, obviously, when Dak Prescott plays. And I I was pretty high on Dak Prescott coming this season because he was a good fantasy quarterback last season. But um, he didn't look very good in the in the three quarters, I think, that he played in, in week one. So my biggest thing I'm looking for this week for from Dak would be to see is this the same offense as what came out in week one or is it going to be looking like last year's if it looks anything like last year's I think Dak could easily outperform um his ranking at six right now yeah yeah for sure um I have Gino at seven against the Chargers uh this game has a 51 point over under according to Vegas and according to our data analytics driven partner and sponsor of today's podcast Preciser they have this game at a 53 point total and they had the seahawks with an implied total of 24 points um and and just want to kind of explain what preciser is uh thank you for sponsoring this video uh they are a data analytics and algorithm driven sports prediction platform that helps you give you that helps give you an edge in dfs fantasy sports betting so i'd recommend checking them out uh they do have a free package that you can check out um they have some stats available for you some predictions available for you but right now you can get their pro package that offer, offers all their data for 30 percent off the first three months if you use the code upper hand um that moves that pro package to only 6.99 $6.99 a month uh from their usual 9.99 a month so pretty affordable right their website is preciser.io uh and that's code upper hand i'll have the link in the description for both the podcast and on youtube anything else to say about gino um, I, I like Geno Smith in this matchup. You know, he had a quiet outing last week, but that game was just weird overall. We thought it was going to be high scoring. It wasn't. So don't panic on Geno Smith. It's weird still saying that, you know, trust Geno Smith. I, I think we can, though. This week, if he puts up a good performance, I think we're set. You can lock him in your lineup um, pretty safely every week. Yeah, we have Tom Brady at number eight. Uh, the Bucks have passed the ball more than any other team over the last three weeks. Uh, the volume is there. He has the weapons. You know, Mike Evans, you know, had a little bit of a down week last week, but I expect him to kind of bounce back this week uh, against Carolina. He has the weapons, you know, to be in the top 10 every single week. So hopefully he can bounce back after what was a, you know, a little bit of a disappointment last week against the banged up Steelers defense. Yeah, that was one of the shocking developments of the weekend last week because we kind of had the Buccaneers offense as a whole, not just Tom Brady, but Mike Evans, Chris Godwin as, you know, high end plays against the Steelers because we saw how banged up the Steelers defense was it looks like maybe Tom Brady is starting to have age catch up a little bit to him I don't want to I don't want to trigger anybody by saying that but 
maybe it's age, maybe it's a controversy going on, but the Bucks offense doesn't look the same. The only one that I'm happy, you know, with the way they've been producing so far this season is Leonard Fournette. Um, I'm still waiting to see the passing offense get going. This is a good spot to do it. I mean, it's Carolina. You know, they're, they're a pretty easy outing, I think. Could be a trap game for the Bucks, but I think that the Buccaneers should have no problem handling Carolina. This could be a good game. Again, you know, if you don't do well against a banged up Pittsburgh defense, let's just go against Carolina and beat them. You know, <laughs> take out your anger from last week on Carolina. I can see it happening. I, I hope so, man. Day. I mean, Carolina's defense is, is a little underrated. And, you know, they, they just switched their head coach. And, you know, they got some stuff to prove. But, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Tom Brady, you know, can hopefully – We'll, we'll be able to bounce back in this game. Uh, right. But, you know, Tua, I have him at number nine. He's going up against the Steelers at home. I think he's going to have a better game than Tom Brady did last week. Um, yeah. You know, credit to them, right? They were banged up. But Teddy Bridgewater just threw for 329 yards and two touchdowns last week. And it's really all about these weapons, right? And Tyreek yeah. Hill and Jalen Waddle. So you got to assume Tua is able to get it done this week. And, you know, Pittsburgh has been given up the second most passing yards this year. So, you know, they had a decent week last week. And Tom Brady did throw for his yards. Um, but I oh, think yeah. that – I think the Dolphins can take advantage of the Steelers' defense, especially through the air. Yeah, you know, it's a pass-first offense. It seems like that's the way it's going to be all season, regardless of who's that quarterback. Even when Skylar Thompson was in, it seems like the Dolphins were intent to throw the ball. And that's where their weapons are, so I don't blame them. So, to it, to it, as long as Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are playing, I think they can make any quarterback fantasy relevant. Um, the deep ball is what makes, you know, the quarterback very dangerous. We've seen Tua do that a little bit this season, but he's also missed on a couple. Um, I, I like Tua this week um, against Pittsburgh. You know, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, they're just too good. Anybody with them as their receivers, you can't not rank, I don't think, inside the top 10 because they're just that good. Dare I say Tyreek Hill looks better on, in Miami than he did in Kansas City. In Kansas, that, in Kansas City, he was great, but he's it seems like he's just a little bit more consistent as a fantasy receiver. Yeah, I mean, he's getting thrown the he's getting the ball thrown to him all over the field, right? Yeah. Like intermediate, short, deep, you know what I'm saying? Like compared to Kansas City where it was a lot of like either at the line of scrimmage or deep. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how it felt. <laughs> it's the um, Mike McDaniel effect. Yeah, man, he's doing his thing. Yeah. Derek Carr at 10 against Houston. I have Jimmy G uh, against Kansas City at home at number 11 this week. Um, a little high for Jimmy, but I'm not sure if I've ever had him ranked as a QB1 before. Uh, his weapons, though, though his, his weapons are healthy. The yeah. Chiefs are going to put up points against their banged-up defense, and they're going to throw the ball more than they like. Uh, yeah. I, think it, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be similar to what we saw last week against the Falcons. And, you know, the Chiefs are already giving up the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So I'm in on Jimmy this week. Yeah, I like Jimmy Garoppolo at 11. It might be a little high. You know, you might I, this might be a ranking at his close to his ceiling. I don't think he has top five potential, but he's a very good play, I think, this week, like you said, with the Chiefs likely to go up. I mean, the Chiefs dominated the Buccaneers defense, and now they're playing against a banged-up 49ers defense that just allowed a bunch of points to Atlanta. You know, I think that the game script is going to be, like you said, negative for Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo can throw. You know, a lot of people don't think that he's really a good quarterback, someone that can play and win games like that. But um, I think from behind, he can do plenty. He'll be just fine throwing. He has Brandon Ayuk, he has Debo Samuel, and George Kittle showed up, you know, last week. So he has his full complement of weapons, like you said. I, 11 makes sense to me. All these guys had 10-plus targets last week, and I think something like something similar is going to happen this week against the Chiefs. Right. Um, let's see. Matt Ryan at, at 12 here. Uh, he's been passing the ball a lot lately. Uh, Mar Marcus Mariota at 13. He's had a pretty high floor every single game this year uh, outside of just one. And that, yeah. was just, that was the one where I thought that he was a really good start. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but every single game, he's been you know getting it done for you. Uh, Aaron Rodgers at 14, followed by Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones, Jacoby Brissett, Jared Goff against a tough Dallas defense. I think that's why I have him kind of low here. Um, mm -hmm. Usually he would hover around low in QB1, high in QB2. But I just think, you know, even though they are coming off a bye, Dallas has been really good against opposing quarterbacks. So I, I, I'm not optimistic about Jared Goff this week. Um, Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson, close it out at 20. And you can tell that, you know, 
there are some solid quarterbacks on by this week based on how <laughs> this top yeah. 20 ended here. <laughs> and but the funny part is, you know, with the quarterbacks on by Russell Wilson still at 20. That's one of the things that kind of opened my eyes. That's like, wow. And I'm not saying I disagree, but <laughs> just the Broncos off. Ugh, we could talk about that forever. I can't stand the Broncos offense. They're just really bad. But um, would you put would you put him over any of these other guys that I have? Daniel Jones, Brissett, Goff, Tannehill. I, I'd put him over Daniel Jones. I'm I okay. You know, you, it might be because I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm a Daniel Jones hater. I he is not good. <laughs> the passing not, offense, the passing he, offense is not consistent. He runs enough. the ball. He runs yes, the ball. He, yes, he runs the ball. So J- Justin Fields runs the ball. <laughs> right? That's true. So That's Daniel true. Jones, I, I'd argue that Justin Fields looks a little bit better than Daniel Jones. I don't like Daniel Jones that much. I don't think Daniel Jones offers much in the passing game. And you could just look at the passing numbers. There's not much there. The offense runs through Saquon. Daniel Jones is just a figurehead at this point. Um, he can get it done for you, I guess, in a pinch. But I, I, I think I think 16 is a little high for Daniel Jones because the Jaguars defense isn't that bad. I mean, it's not if you're going to blame somebody in Jacksonville for why they haven't been playing very well recently. I think it's Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, I think it sits on the offensive side of the ball more than the defensive side of the ball. Defense is doing their part enough, at least that they can win games. It's, it's not like atrocious. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's part of the reason why I had him ranked so high. I thought he could potentially get it done against Jacksonville. They run more plays. Justin Fields is going up against the Patriots this week. Like that's why I don't have him in the top twenty. I think it's a really tough matchup yeah. for him. They don't run enough plays. Uh, you know, it's just not conducive to fantasy points unless he scores a touchdown. Um, you know, and you know if he ends mm-hmm. up if they do end up running more plays, then yeah, sure. Like I can see him still getting it done, but tough matchup. I, I just you know I I don't trust him at all. Uh, you know, last week they ran a lot more plays than we thought that he would. Um, yeah. On what was that Thursday night? Yes, it was. it was Thursday night against Washington. Um, yes, yes. So, and then that was a really tough, a really easy matchup for him too. Um, yeah, right. I don't know. I, I can, I can see him. I can see playing him over guys like Russell Wilson. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll put Jacoby Brissett over Daniel Jones. That's maybe what I would do. Yeah, I, I it's probably that. gonna be a higher scoring game, you know, between Baltimore and Cleveland. Um, and you know, I, I think Jared Goff's in a good spot. I'm looking. I'm just looking at the rankings. Daniel Jones, yeah. I'm not saying I would start Justin Fields over Daniel Jones this week just because, like you said, New England, but I'm just saying, yeah. like, if you want to talk about fantasy relevance, I'd say on a weekly oh, yeah. basis, you're looking more at Justin Fields than Daniel Jones. I, 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 I agree. I think I had, if I'm not mistaken, I had Justin Fields ranked above Daniel Jones every single week. I think that was the case. Yeah. Well, Daniel yeah. Jones, I don't think he's appeared on these rankings yet this season up until That's now. That's true. You can so, tell how many quarterbacks are on a bye this week. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> tough, tough sledding. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's move on to running backs. Uh, I have Eckler at one. He's now number one in weighted opportunity among running backs this year. He's been peppered in the past game, especially lately, and he's yeah. been producing. You know, rough efficiency last week, but he's getting it done. You know, one can argue Keenan Allen will be back, so maybe take away some targets from Eckler. But, you know, I think, you know, number one, like you can take a bit away from guys like Mike Williams. Josh Palmer had 12 targets last week, and Eckler still got his, right? So. Yeah. I think all that is going away for Josh Palmer. You know, Seattle's a great matchup as well for running backs. So I think Eckler has to be number one this week. Yeah, I think he's earned it. You know, you talk about Saquon's been good. Like we haven't met two, obviously. So he's been good. But Austin Eckler has been great and reminiscent of the Austin Eckler that we saw last season, these past three weeks. And I think you can keep riding that momentum because it seems like the Chargers offense is out of the funk. It seems like they're doing what they need to do. And it's running through Austin Eckler right now. Um, that's maybe not good for Justin Herbert, you know, who we talked about earlier, but Austin Eckler's getting it done. I, I wouldn't bet against him against the Seattle defense. They haven't been very good at all. So I, I like Austin Eckler as one. You know, a lot of people might just be tempted to start with Saquon and Christian McCaffrey as one, too, you know, because it's they're both doing their thing, too. But I like Austin Eckler one this week. Yeah, and I do like the matchup a lot better than Saquon or McCaffrey. Uh, yeah. But we have Saquon at two against Jacksonville. 
Uh, CMC at three, you know, tough matchup, but he's averaging like 20 fantasy points per game in tough matchups this year. <laughs> so, like, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, he's going to get his targets regardless. Yeah, I had Josh Jacobs at four, you know, and, and this might be kind of crazy. Um, I don't think two, it is. You don't think it is. Okay, good. Okay. But two things, yeah. right? Like one is his weighted opportunity was higher than any other running back in the two weeks before his buy. Five yep. receptions in three straight games on top of his workload on the ground. And he's going up against Houston, who's given up five yards of carry and the most fantasy points per game to running backs. Yeah, he's I think this is this week. What'd you say before this week? He's at number four this week. This yeah, no, I, I said before. <laughs> I think 100%. I think he deserves to be this high. And, you know, you look, it's Houston. And the, the role that he's had, we talked about this a little bit. Was it yesterday or the day before? That Josh Jacobs, you know, this is a role he's never had before, but he's absolutely thriving in it right now. Um, you know, hopefully the bye week doesn't, you know, kill any momentum that he had or change any of the offensive game plan for the Raiders. But I think that he should come out and con- continue to do well. This is a really nice matchup for him. Uh, he looks really good, too. Like, we haven't seen him unleash the way they've unleashed him. And it seems like every time he gets the ball, he's plowing someone over for, like, five or six yards of carry. Like, he just looks so good out of nowhere. And I just keep talking about, you know, this is the guy they dropped his fifth-year option. I don't understand why. Maybe they're just trying to get as much as they can out of him now for cheap. You know, they don't they want any long-term liability for him, so they're just going to run it out and milk as much value as they can out of him. But um, I, as long as they keep doing that, he's going to be – you know, really good fantasy start at running back. I didn't expect him to be at four in week seven, but that's that's just how it's going right now. So, for sure, man. Uh, Leonard Fournette's at five. The past two weeks have been amazing in terms of opportunity seven catches, oh, yeah. 10 catches, six catches each of the last three weeks. And I expect that to continue, continue this week. Yeah, there's no reason not to. Like I said, the one constant through, you know, the ups and downs for the Buccaneers has been Leonard Fournette, and there's no reason to expect that not to continue. Um, Against the Panthers, you know, the Panthers' defense, like you said, I guess it is a little underrated. They weren't bad, and they kept um, Carolina in the game for most of the game last week against Los Angeles. But um, Leonard Fournette's an easy start for me. He's been one of my favorite running backs um, because of his usage, and there's no reason to think that he's not going to continue to get that. I got Nick Chubb at six. Uh, he should bounce back this week against Baltimore. They've been giving up 4.6 yards per carry this year on the low. So not right. really worried about this matchup a ton. I think they'll be able to move the ball. Uh, I think Amari Cooper um, will have a plus matchup as well. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of man coverage played in this game. And I think that's when Amari Cooper you know, is going to shine, uh, especially yeah. short to intermediate and all that. So um, you know, they were able to kind of handle jamar chase for the most part because a lot of his routes are going deep um and they play those two high safeties but i don't really think that's something you have to worry about for amari cooper so i think this offense is going to be able to move and i I have a good feeling that nick chubb is going to find his way into the end zone this week yeah and i don't think there's any reason to be worried about nick chubb i think this might be a little bit low i'm not sure i might put who would you mm, put him over it's tough now that i'm looking at yeah and the only person maybe i would consider putting him over would be leonard fournette at this point, yeah. but I, I think Leonard Fournette's usage is good. Maybe okay, maybe I jumped the gun on that one. It, six just seems low for Nick Chubb. It the seems way low. he's been. I know. The, well, it's because we have we haven't had Josh Jacobs ahead of him at all. We right. haven't had Fournette a, a, ahead of him at all. Right. So yeah. like usually Nick Chubb is in the top five. You know when he was killing it over the over the first three weeks, we had him at like one. Yeah. Right. Because he was just not. He was just unstoppable. And um, those first few weeks, Austin Eckler wasn't really doing his thing. So maybe that's exactly. why. It, six just seems, I think it's it's not so much Nick Chubb, maybe as it is the other guys ahead of him just doing really well. Um, but also you look at, you know, he had a rough week last week against New England. Um, don't expect him to just have 12 carries, <laughs> you know, right. each week. It's, he's going to have more carries than that every week. It was a just a terrible game for the Browns overall. They ran like zero plays. They kept turning the ball over. And it, it was just it was just bad. So don't pay any attention to that really just wipe that from your memory move forward with the same job that you had before that matchup um you're plenty fine i think he has you know rb1 overall potential even though he's ranked at six yeah uh derrick henry's back this week from his bye he's been getting it done for you you know four out of five games with 20 plus carries four out of five games with at least one touchdown and he's had at least 30 yards receiving in his last three games so something worth noting there that he's a little bit more involved in the pass game too yeah, that's a new role. Who would have thought that he'd be having 30 yards receiving um, three games in a row? I didn't think that was going to happen, but um, 
it looks like he's back to the usage that he got when we were calling him, you know, the overall RB one, maybe um, behind, you know, he was in the mix um, behind Christian McCaffrey, but um, I, I like Derek Henry move forward. He hasn't shown me any reason not to. He has a pretty good schedule. It's pretty cushy against Indianapolis, Houston and K- Kansas city coming up. Um, I, I like him, you know, he, I think his ceiling is kind of a little bit lower than what we're used to. And that's okay. He's a solid running RB one for you. He's no longer, I think, you know, a high-end RB1. I think he's a solid RB1 at this point. Ramondre Stevenson got all the work in Damian Harris's absence last week. Uh, continue to start him as a solid RB1, assuming Harris is out again. Um, I would If Harris is, is out again, I would assume that he still gets limited practices all week. Um, yeah. But just keep an eye on that a little bit. Um, Stevenson, you know, we talked about him yesterday in our uh, buy-sell podcast. We recommended you know, just see what you can get for him if you can get a season-long asset. You know, I have Ramondre Stevenson in a couple of leagues. I shot some trades out there just to see if I can get some high-end assets. We'll see what happens. I'll let you guys know tomorrow yeah. if anybody accepted them. Um, but but Ramondre Stevenson's a solid start this week. Alvin Kamara, he's been getting uh, a really solid workload lately. Last two games, 23 for 103 on the ground, 6 for 91 through the air, and then 19 for 99 on the ground, and then nine targets last week. <laughs> he should yeah. be able to get some work tonight and produce. Yeah, the usage seems to be back for Alvin Kamara. He's done his thing, you know, the past two weeks. Um, I just want to see how that continues. I I think it's going to continue, but, you know, I'd still pump the brakes a little bit on him. Um, I, I think the Saints offense is still dragging his feet a little bit with where it needs to be. Um, I think the touchdown upside is a little bit low, although this is a decent matchup against the Cardinals. Um, they've been having a hard time all season, and it it, it should be, hopefully – a better matchup than we've had on Thursday night football. So maybe some more scoring, maybe more than two touchdowns across the past two weeks. You know, hopefully they can meet that quota a little bit, but I think Alvin Kamara is a good start anyway. Um, the what way, the way he's been doing momentum is on his side. So there's no reason not to start. He has, um, he'll be able to get it done for you. There are a lot of fantasy relevant players in tonight's game. Oh yeah. A ton. Um, yeah, I missed the Kenneth- review. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, I said this. Start everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, Joe Mixon at number 10 against Atlanta. Good overall matchup for Cincinnati. Uh, should be a lot of scoring in that game. Uh, Preciser has the Bengals scoring 30 points in this game. Uh, w- one of the highest scoring offenses this week. And they have Mixon uh, with a 52.9% chance of scoring a touchdown. That's super, that's pretty super good. precise. Um, yeah. So that's a pretty good uh, percentage right there. Pretty, pretty good odds so to score than- against Atlanta. It's better than flipping a coin, right? Better than flipping a coin. <laughs> yeah, so he has, good, he has a good shot. I mean, uh, you know, regression is going to hit Mixon as well because he only scored, I think, two touchdowns this year um, with yeah. all that work that he's had. So he, those touchdowns are coming. We got Kenneth Walker here at number eleven um, against one of the worst rushing defenses in the league in the Chargers. Um, Kenneth Walker is a guy that you know before this game, I want to buy him if I can. Um, he yeah. could go off. You know, he's had a decent he had a decent week last week, but he showed that ability, that special ability. And if I can buy Kenneth Walker right now, I will try to do that. Uh, but meanwhile, start him as a low end RB one. And look, I have him over Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, no, I, I think that's warranted. You know, the way Jonathan Taylor's been playing, you know, he's coming off the injury. He's been out a couple of weeks and the Colts offense just overall, you know, f- suddenly they found an identity in the passing game um, without Jonathan Taylor. So I'm not sure if that's going to necessarily you know, be the case with Jonathan Taylor back in the lineup. Maybe they'll go back to running the ball more, but I think Kenneth Walker's a safer start just because, you know, the workload I think is going to be there. You said the Seahawks are suddenly a fast offense and the matchup I like just a little bit more um, for Kenneth Walker. I'm with you. I do want to see a better, you know, a good game put together by JT and then him looking healthy before I yeah. move him up. But, you know, still have him as a low end RB2 here. I'm sorry, low end RB1 at 12. Mm-hmm. Um, Brees Hall at 13, tougher overall matchup for the Jets this week. Uh, you know, Denver's offense has been looking terrible, but their defense has held, the, held it together this year. Yeah. Um, they have been a little bit, you know, sneaky leaky against the run this year. Yeah. So, you know, Brees Hall can get it done for you. Um, you still have him as a high-end RB2 here, borderline RB1. So continue to start him. We got Damian Pierce at uh, 14 uh, against Vegas. He was already getting the work. Right, we noticed that you know they're giving up, they're giving him the Derrick Henry treatment in yeah. terms of like they don't abandon the run when they get down, and that's great news for Pierce. And now Lovey Smith, I think it was yesterday or the day before, mm-hmm. confirming 
exactly that, that he wants him to get 20 carries a game, despite, you know, them potentially not being in game. So that sounds about right. And that sounds kind of like what they've been doing. That sounds like awesome news for Damian Pierce. You know, if the workload he's been getting isn't up to the standard that Lovey Smith wants, then, you know, maybe we're in for even better of a surprise with Damian Pierce. I mean, you had him, I want to, you don't want to call it a surprise. I know you had him pretty high. And you said that if, I think, I can quote you on this. He said that if anyone's going to earn that early down, that three down role first, it's going to be Damian Pierce. I think that you said that. So, you know, yeah. props to you on that one. Um, you don't want to call it a surprise because you might have seen this coming, but it looks like he is, you know, the best weapon on Houston's offense and they're just going to keep giving it to him. They're not shame. They're, they're shameless about it. They're just going to give it to him. You know, there's no reason not to get the ball to him. I, I like Damian Pierce. You know, I, I if you picked him up late in drafts like I did, you, you're extremely happy. Um, I hit on him as one of my zero RB targets, so that, that was that's great to see. But um, going back to Brees Hall, just one thing. You know, Austin Eckler was able to get it done last week, even though you know the Broncos defense was pretty good. The weird thing about the Broncos defense is that or the Broncos overall, it seems it doesn't matter who they play. The Broncos just bring them down to mid level. You know, regardless of who the opponent is, and they get brought up to mid-level, wherever they're at, they just get down to the Broncos level, and it's always a close game, and it's always a heartbreak for the Broncos at the end. So maybe your Jets are in for another win, but I would, I think Brees Hall is going to be fine, even though Denver is a tougher uh, matchup. Five and two, baby, five and two. No, right I mean, on the yeah, horizon. I, I, I'm with you, like, but Eckler, you know, he got the work at the pass game, but Brees Hall only saw two targets each of the past two weeks, um, and he hasn't been as vol- as involved in the pass game as he was with Joe Flacco. So, right. you know, that's one thing to consider. He did end up getting 100 receiving yards, you know, on only, on only two targets in Zach Wilson's first uh, game back uh, yeah. this year. Um, but, you know, something to keep an eye on. Like, you know, Eckler got a shit ton of targets in the pass mm-hmm. game, and that's really what kept him afloat. But he was pretty efficient, inefficient last week in both the run and the pass game. I, I thought yeah. he was going to go over his rushing totals just because Denver has been a little bit vulnerable mm-hmm. uh, in the run game. Um, so hopefully we see some of that with Brees Hall if you're starting him this week. And Brees Hall has had his two best fantasy performances this season with Zach Wilson. So that's encouraging. You know, even though he's not getting that passing work. They've actually kind of turned into a run-heavy offense. Um, You know, with Joe Flacco, they were extremely pass-heavy. And then (laughs) when Zach Wilson came in, I guess it makes sense, they went extremely run-heavy. And over the past three weeks, Brees Hall is like around, right around 20 carries a game, which is awesome. Yeah, definitely. DeAndre Swift at 15, uh, he got a limited practice in on Wednesday. He'll likely start moving up the rankings, right? Like once we see he's getting his full workload, this will likely be the lowest he's ever ranked as long as he's healthy. Um, But, you know, he got a limited practice in on Wednesday. You know, we'll see where he's at. And, you know, once I see that, okay, cool, like he's back to his normal workload this week, then I'll probably move him up to like a solid RB2, RB1, low-end RB1, something like that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if his workload ends up looking like it did, you know, after that first injury where he still played before the shoulder injury kind of compounded the issue and then held him out. Um, we saw a lot of DeAndre Swift, a lot of Jamal Williams, and some Craig Reynolds all in the same game. You know, So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the role, what it looks like. The only thing that you have working against that is that Dallas's defense, if there's one problem with it, is they've been pretty bad against the run. I mean, the Seahawks, not the Seahawks, the Eagles gashed them last week. You know, That was the reason that they really stayed out of the game because the Eagles were able to run the ball so well against Dallas's defense. And we know that DeAndre Swift has ripped off a bunch of big runs already, you know, this season. So I think that you have different forces working against them. I think that 15 is a spot where you're comfortable enough. This is where you expect him to kind of finish, but if I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes a little higher or a little lower. But I think low end RB1 is his ceiling this week. Aaron Jones at 16. Uh I have Eno Benjamin at 17. Uh, Aaron Jones, man, like, you know, it, it's been a little bit disappointing, you know, over the past few games, you know, he has, he had oh, that yeah. big boom week. What are you doing with Aaron Jones right now? Like, are you just starting him every single week? You're holding him. Are you looking to move him? What are you doing with him right now? I think it's hard to move him at this point, you know, and I think that you have to hold him. We know what he can do. It's just now it's not, you know, it's not like the Packers offense is doing very well. They're not doing very well. It's not like AJ Dillon is taking his, his work and he's not producing. It's just nobody's doing well in Green Bay right now. So I think you have to hold at this point. There's no selling point for Aaron Jones because A.J. Dillon is still there. And now both of them are underperforming. And the Packers offense doesn't look good to boot. So I think you have to hold. It's going to be hard to sell. I wouldn't get rid of him. You know, I wouldn't bench him. I think I'd start him at 
flex ideally, but he'll he can work as an RB two. But he's definitely not the RB one that people were hoping that he would be. Especially you know we saw a bunch of numbers floating around in the offseason that Aaron Jones, you know, he's RB one when Devonte Adams doesn't play. You know, he averages twenty some points a game. That hasn't been the case. The offense looks completely different. Um, if you're Aaron, if you have Aaron Jones, you have to hold. You got to hold him. I agree. There's no um, choice. Yeah, you know, and start him. You know, the offense just isn't as good. You know, as it was, right. you know, and that's part of the reason why, you know, and, and Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing the ball as much and he's not getting the targets either. So that's that's what you want. Like once his target share starts going up a little bit, that's really what you want. And hopefully they can figure that out. Yeah. I got, you know, Benjamin here at 17 uh, for tonight. His workload was crazy this past week. Like and it was crazy because like, we don't see that. Uh, he had 87 yeah. percent of snaps. He ran a route on 90 percent of dropbacks for a running back. Running backs don't do that. Running backs don't stay on the field and run a route on 90% of dropbacks, especially on an offense that runs so many plays and so many pass plays. Okay? That's right. insane. He should have had 12 targets in this game based on that number. Okay? so That would have been great. <laughs> it would have been great. Yeah. But, and if he has that same type of workload tonight, he can get close to that number. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Uh, so start Eno Benjamin tonight. I know it didn't work out as you wanted to last week when you picked him up. With James Conner out, you thought it was a smash start. You know, it was. It was a smash start. It was a smash decision. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the decision and the process was correct. Continue to roll with that process and start, you know, Benjamin this week against New Orleans. New Orleans, you know, on the low, like they've been giving up some production on the run game. This is not the same New Orleans front that has been stopping the run uh, every single week to like elite running backs. Now they've been being, they, they've been gashed a little bit. So, I'm okay starting Eno Benjamin this week as a solid RB2. Yep, that about covers what I was going to say. You know, I like Eno Benjamin this week too. Um, I think he's going to do better than nine points, you know, against that what he yeah. had in Seattle. I think that's going to be much better tonight. So, you know, hopefully we're right in that prediction. He should James be able to do better this week. He's a game time decision. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. what they're labeling him as. I doubt he plays. Just keep an eye on that though, right? Something to just make sure that, you know, it, it might be. I'm still going to play Eno as like a flex play, a high upside flex play if Connor ends up playing. Um, and then Connor would be like a low-end RB2 flex play also because I don't expect him to get the full workload. It kind yeah. of ruins each other's value a little bit. Um, but I would assume he doesn't play. But keep an eye on it anyway. Travis Etienne against the Giants. I have him at number 18 here. The Giants have given up 5.5 yards per carry this season. That's only behind the Chargers. Um, so I kind of like Etienne to potentially have some big plays in this one. Uh, maybe this is finally his coming out party. Hopefully. Yeah, that would be awesome. And, you know, you mentioned the running game that the Giants haven't been very stout against them, which that might open up lanes for James Robinson. It's all it just comes down to the way that they're going to be playing. I think at this point, I I'd lo- I would love to see Travis Etienne get the ball more. Like I said last week, we saw every time he touched the ball, he was like averaging like eight or nine yards a touch. It felt like it seemed like he was yeah. always going for a big game and he didn't get the ball enough. Um, I think that the key to the Jacksonville offense, like I said, Rest with Trevor Lawrence. But once Trevor Lawrence gets back to serviceable, you got to get the ball to Travis Etienne more. Make the offense a little bit more explosive. James Robinson's good. But those first three weeks look like they're kind of in the past. It looks like James Robinson's come back down to earth. Um, Travis Etienne should be getting more snaps. Any week now, you know, Travis Etienne's going to have that explosion game. Um, it might not seem like a good – it might not seem like it'll be this week against the Giants, who have been surprisingly good. But um, it very well could be. I think that 18 is conservative with his ranking. Raheem Mostert at 19. He's still the guy in the backfield. Uh, at 20, we have Jeff Wilson. Tevin Coleman is unfortunately eating into his workload a bit, um, but there will be scoring in this game. So, like, I, I, I'm, I'm good having Jeff Wilson in my lineup. But just keep in mind that you know he could end up with like 12 carries, right? The hope is that yeah. he has 15 plus and a touchdown. That's kind of what you're hoping for. Yeah, it could be like we said a patch happy game with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball. Um, with Jeff Wilson, I'm not sure what his workload is going to look like in this matchup. I'm not sure I like Jeff Wilson. I might actually have him a little bit lower than 20. Um, I forget if we have below. Well, it. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Let's, let's look at 21 through 30. We have I have Zeke at 21 um, against a bad Detroit run defense. Right. I have David Montgomery at 22. I'd put Zeke over um, Jeff Wilson. Okay, I know that. And that th- those two were actually two that I was kind of in between. Like I was kind of yeah. going back and forth between these two uh, because of the fact that Zeke has a good matchup. Zeke has a good matchup, and he looked a little bit better 
you know, last week. He, he wasn't running bad. He was actually running pretty hard. Um, with Dak back, the offense should be a little bit better. Maybe that gives him a little bit more motivation too. But um, I think, you know, he's actually looking like he's – even with Tony Pollard there getting touches, it seems like they're still getting the ball to Zeke um, at a pretty good rate. I think their workloads are very similar. I think this matchup this week is what sells it for me to put Zeke over Jeff Wilson. Okay. Okay. David Montgomery, I have him at 22. Matt Eberflus talking about a potential hot hand situation here between yeah. Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. We kind of saw this coming. Um, but still okay starting Montgomery for now until we see a real division of uh, in work, right? Yeah. Knowing that and him saying that, gee, is this still an appropriate ranking for you at 22? I think it is. You know, we've seen David Montgomery get it done. He's still going to be a part of the offense because as long as Justin Fields is struggling to throw the ball, they're going to have to hand the ball off a lot. And Khalil Herbert, you know, he's still behind David Montgomery at this point. I don't think the hot hand approach is going to lead them to go completely away from one or the other. David Montgomery is going to start. He's always going to get the first crack at being the hot hand, I think, in the game. So I, I like him to do much. I like him to do better than not well, if that makes sense. I, I like him. I like him. It doesn't. I like him to do. <laughs> I like him to do good enough to be the hot hand in the backfield more than I like Khalil Herbert week in. And week I agree. Out. I agree with you on that one. Um, yeah. This is a tough matchup. Like we we saw what you know New England did to Nick Chubb last week, and the Bears are in New England, so it's possible that they just shut this offense down. Um, so, but I, David Montgomery, like he's he he comes through, man. Like you know, in the matchups you don't think he's going to come through. Like he's he has like. He beca- he becomes an efficient running back, you know, yeah. and, and I think he can end up getting it done. Um, so you know, this is really a battle uh, of the interior, you know, offensive line for the Bears, and I think they can potentially get it done this week. I'm okay starting David Montgomery, considering who I have behind him. You know, Clyderwood Hilaire at 23. You know, yeah. just hope he scores. Okay, that's going to be the model for <laughs> Clyderwood Hilaire every single week. It could we'll be about this him. week because it you could know, be. It could be because it it's be. actually a decent matchup that could be a little bit higher scoring. We talk about him to death on this podcast, and it's just about yeah. him scoring. If he doesn't score, he's going to give you four points. Yeah, but that's what we, last we, week. What we were forecasting the whole five weeks before he actually put up his first dud that it was going to happen, and now it was, <laughs> has been two duds in a in a row. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. we kind of saw this coming. Yeah, Tony hope Pollard at twenty four. <laughs> I hope you sold uh, Tony Pollard at twenty four, getting a slight bump because of the Lions' rushing defense giving up five point five yards per carry to running back. So I think Pollard is a a decent flex this week. Uh, you know, I have him here as a low end RB too. Um, but you can play him. It's a good matchup. And he's been getting, yeah. you know, getting these chunk plays, getting these long runs. And this could be one of those games where it happens. Yeah, Tony Pollard's a home run hitter. And against uh is it the league worst defense or one of the league worst defenses, run defense? I could see him breaking a long run for a touch. Now I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Ezekiel Elliott, I think, has a safer floor because of workload is there, but Tony Pollard is the Gabe Davis of running backs. So <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think that there's a chance against a bad defense that he could do that. Um, I'd have him as a flex play. I- I'd be happy with him as a flex this week. I like it. I like it. Um, I got Jamal Williams at 25. You know, he can get some work in this one with DeAndre Swift coming back uh, in his first, you know, in his first game back. He's the Lions primary goal line back either way. So with him, similar thing with Clyde edwards where, you know, he does get a little bit more work than Clyde edwards when DeAndre Swift is there. Uh, but you're kind of just hoping for a touchdown mm-hmm. with him. And I think he has a higher chance than most running backs in this range to punch one or two in. Yeah. Two. Evidenced, you know, it, he, evidenced by what he's done this year. <laughs> yeah. He has a better chance to punch two in, I think, than one. You know, that seems to be the case. He <laughs> that's, scored that's two true. or zero touchdowns so far this season. Um, I think he has a better chance to score two than maybe all the rest of the guys underneath him have to score one. But that's just me. Um, the thing with Jamal. Jamal Williams and Clyde edwards Hilaire, like we're talking about. It goes back to what we've been saying a couple of times on the podcast. Now, all of a sudden, it's, I hope he scores. Yep. <laughs> He's going to score, I think. Um, if the if they get down into the red zone, he becomes, you know, the lead back. He He's good for a touchdown, I think, in this matchup, especially if Dallas goes up. It could be garbage time touchdowns to go around. I like it. Melvin Gordon, I have him at 26. He had a sit down with Nathaniel Hackett, apparently. He's mm-hmm. going to start the game. They got to an understanding. Uh, but who knows how much work he gets, right? That's why he's down here. Maybe he starts, and then maybe Latavius Murray's still involved. Mike Boone's still involved. Yeah. You know, this Broncos offense, like, can you trust him? They still don't look great. The Jets' defense is playing well. Yeah. I'm still willing to flex him because maybe he does end up getting, like, 65% of the work. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, And then that would end up moving him to, like, a RB2. 
But yeah. for now, he's outside the top 24. Could be a token starting designation. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not sure. Maybe. I, trust. I wouldn't trust it. We saw what happened last week. I, I don't like what happened at all last week for Melvin Gordon. Um, anybody who thought they had, you know, a new nice fantasy asset with John Trevante Williams going Oof, down and Melvin Gordon brutal. taking it up. Yeah, that, that's just rough. You know, it, it's tough luck. I, I don't think Melvin Gordon is – I didn't think Melvin Gordon was that good anyway to begin with. I think since his days with the Chargers, he hasn't been very fantasy conducive. I'm not a big fan of Melvin Gordon fantasy. Um, and la- last week was just – you know, another reason not to start him for me. I, I'm going to push back on that one. I think Melvin Gordon was a good running back last year. I, I thought I thought he was good, and I I understood. You know, as good as Javante Williams was, and me being a fantasy guy, like as much as I wanted to see Javante get all the work, I understood why J- Melvin Gordon was still involved last year because he was he was pretty efficient still. Mm-hmm. Yards after contact was on point. He was solid in, in pass protection, and he was good, decent enough in the pass game, and and good in short yardage situations. So, like uh, when I was looking at the numbers, like I didn't really have justification. Like you know how this year we're looking at Travis Etienne, and James Robinson, and you're like, oh, well, yeah. Travis Etienne's clearly the better back here. He should be getting more work. Like with Javante, it's like, well, you know, I get it. He's a rookie. They don't want to overuse him, you know. Mm-hmm. And Melvin Gordon's good enough where you're like, all right, give him work. This year, I did not see that at all. This year was completely different. So yeah, I, I agree with you, like to an extent, where this year he hasn't been looking like a good running back. So I kind of understood why they benched him. Uh, but the way they did it was just like extremely weird. Yeah. And that may, gives me no hope for the future. You know, I don't I, I don't want to trust him anymore until he goes four games with sixty five percent work. You know, right. I, I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> trust him. I have Najee Harris here at twenty seven, Brian Robinson at twenty eight. Uh, and then Kareem Hunt and then J- and James Robinson closing out the top the, the bottom four here the the top thirty. So, uh, any comments on any of these guys? Harris, Robinson, Kareem Hunt, or James Robinson before we close it out? No, I think that's about it. Kareem Hunt, you know, he could be due for a touchdown. He hasn't scored in the past, I think, two or three weeks. So maybe I think he, he scored last week, didn't he? Didn't or the week before? No, it was the week before. Yeah, it was the week before. he, sc- he scored Kareem, in week five. Yeah, could be due for a touchdown. Um, Brian Robinson, I want to see how he does. You know, in a game that isn't finishing 12 to 7 you know we'll see how that goes and um james robinson you know i'm, I'm not a big fan of james robinson right now because he's taking away um touch you know uh, but he should be a, a, a decent <laughs> a decent player like you said, have personal fine. issues we have personal issues it's with personal. James yeah, yeah 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 you know it's funny because like i talk so much shit uh about i didn't talk shit about james robinson i was actually praising james robinson for his return and how he's come back oh yeah i was a, too. A, an extremely rough injury no no this is my point though i'm not talking about that i'm, I'm saying that like I, I was so adamant on trading him like after his first few games. Yeah. I'm like, guys, please just get just trade him now because his production is not matching up with his utilization. Um you know, and like I just feel like I was so hard on James Robinson in that situation. They were I'm just like, I just refused. Now it's like I don't even want to say anything negative about James Robinson anymore for the rest of the year. I just want to talk positively. He'll take more touches. <laughs> he will take more touches from Travis Etienne. No, no, that's not that's not him. what I want. That's yeah, not yeah. what I want. The more you talk shit on him, the more he will produce. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. It's like it's like inverse. Like I don't want that to happen. I'm yeah, not yeah. trying to jinx it. Uh, but, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for for watching and listening uh, to the podcast. Uh, if you can review the podcast on apple Podcasts or spotify if you could subscribe subscribing would mean the world to us like that that really does a lot for us um that that would that would mean the world if you could do that uh if you're watching on youtube and you like watching youtube please subscribe to the upper hand fantasy channel here on youtube uh and i appreciate you guys make sure to check out upper hand make sure to check out check out preciser thank you for sponsoring this video preciser and uh we'll we're gonna sign out we'll see you guys tomorrow at noon eastern time uh we're gonna go over our wide receiver, and tight end rankings. So we appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya!